This is a small city. Just north of the big city. Built on brickyards, factories, and small businesses. With a rich history and strong roots. And this is a podcast. That serves to tell our story. Share our experience. And celebrate our community. This. This. Is Beacon. Recently appointed to the Human Relations Commission, John Galloway Jr., also known as John John, has a deep passion to bring positive change to the Beacon community. Today, we discuss his story, how he became involved, his goal of joining the Beacon City School Board, and his newly founded nonprofit, the Label Foundation. Without further ado, this is John John. My name is John Galloway Jr. I'm 23 years old. I'm a true Beacon Knight. I've been in Beacon all 23 years. My father was born in Beacon. My mother was born in Beacon. My grandmother was born in Beacon. So I am Beacon. Like I support you guys 100%. Even since I was a young and I didn't really know what you guys were doing, you know, but I knew that you guys were like the only guys out there like doing anything. So I'm definitely shout out to you guys. And I am now aggressively pursuing change in this city because the past 10 years is going the complete wrong direction. Yeah. So when you think back to, you know, the change that you want to see, is there any specific thing that was a catalyst for you to want to get involved, to motivate you to get involved? For me, really, like growing up in Beacon, it was just like so much fun. You know what I mean? Like it was a lot of fun, like especially from the ages of like five to 12, because I went to the BCC and that was just like home, man. It was home. Like our camp counselors, it was Sean Diaz, Joe Sweat, Josh De Jesus. Who else was in there? There was like a lot of people from the, the Beacon High School. So yeah. like it yeah. kind of gave you that feeling like, you know, like you're hanging out with like the older kids kind of. And like, for people who don't know what the BCC offers, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. we talk about it a lot. But what did they offer you there? They offered me just like a free space of like love and opportunity like a hundred percent because it was like you know like there's times where like you don't really want to be at home or like you're arguing with your parents or something like that and friday nights they had teen nights they had parties they had pizza pizza parties mm-hmm. yeah. had, like, yo, it was it was dope it was all over the place like especially like on teen night where like you know like sean diaz was a really good basketball player so like i'm like 10 11 years old and we're playing 2k i'm like in my head like yo like like i'm like we're planning to like playing ball right now. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. like he, he was like a really, really good role model. Like Josh did his, like they just had so much. It was like, yo, you know, they took us to Walmart. We bought snacks, came back, set up, brought in the big screen TV, played music. It was like a hang. It was like a clubhouse almost for us. Yeah, and just then, like a safe space. Yeah. Even when I got in trouble, you know what I mean? Cause like going through my times as a young kid, I, I got in trouble a lot. So like it was different to not, get disciplined you know what i mean like to where like as in like you're in beacon high school you're getting labeled you're getting disciplined and like it kind of stays there like with them it was like you know they talk to you about their experiences they 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 point you in a different direction like they let you know like yo what you did was was wrong it was a little messed up but this is the way you need to go it's not like it's never like a hostile conversation it was almost like a mentorship and i think we really really need that in beacon like bad especially right now Yeah. So when did it change for you from, you know, going from, I see there's something that can be done here in Beacon, like there's, there's definitely opportunity for growth and I'm going to be a part of that change. For me, it was really just like when the George Floyd murder happened, God rest his soul, it was really like 
that was it for everybody. You know what I mean? Like everybody started coming out and what it, that does for me personally, it built confidence. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't really have the confidence to just come out and be like, yo, like this is what I'm doing. And I don't really care what anybody says, you know, that confidence is there now, even if everything stops, like that confidence is there. Like the way we are united right now is just giving me the utmost amount of confidence I've never had before. So I'm, I'm just ready to, I'm really ready to get out there and just really infiltrate change and it's not something that like oh like i don't know it's gonna happen like behind me like i know it's gonna happen i'm gonna make the right moves and in 10 years like 10 years from now i think i'm gonna be running the city like 10 years from now is is my end game goal like that's really how confident i am yeah that's that's some real powerful stuff and i I was actually surprised that when some of the protests were starting and you actually shared a story um are you interested in sharing that story today because i knew some of that like i've been around the community for a lot you know i try to stay involved i try to stay active when things go down i hear stuff but you never hear the full story on some things either you know and you shared a you shared an important story that i was just blown back by but yeah like you're saying with all the momentum of what's going on now change needs to happen and it was kind of inspiring from for me to hear that of how confident you are now and the things that you are doing now which we'll get into later on in the interview right right so i'll share the story definitely so i was this is freshman year i was 14 years old i just turned 14 and i believe no i just yeah i just turned 14 that year it was on halloween so, you know, like I'm walking home from school. I'm excited because, you know, like there's a little snow on the ground, but like the roads is clear. Like I'm going to go trick or treating and et cetera. Like my mom, I'm talking to my mom, but my costume and all that. And like I'm walking down the street and you know what a big tree is. Like I, I, you went to vegan high school. Or old high school. Yeah, we're, we're, we're all old. old. We're yeah. all old school. Okay. Uh, so, the old. But they're, they're actually the last year yeah. of the old high school. Yeah. And I, yeah. Okay. So we shut that place when down. When you're walking home, like right before you get, there's like a big tree where people can smoke cigarettes and all that. Yeah. So like I get there and there's this, there's this kid there and like he has a speaker on his back. Like an actual like stereo system on his back, like, like playing. Oh, so the the, the big tree by the stop sign. Yeah. Like if you're coming out of roundabouts, gym. Right. right yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So we all went to roundabouts. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. On that guardrail, and you know, like he's playing music or whatever. And I asked him to play Meek Mill, like you know, because he was popping at the time. He just came out. Like he was like, yeah, yeah, I got you, no problem. And then like a snowball hits him, and then he's throwing a snowball. And then like I'm just walking, and then they're all throwing snowballs. Like everybody's just having fun. Like you know, like. Cause it's just don't snowball. So like next thing I know, like I just hear mad with wrestling and stuff like that. And I kind of got nudged and pushed. And then I just see people fighting and whatever. I'm just like, you know, I'm in ninth grade. I'm a little, my adrenaline's gone. So I'm like, oh, I don't want no part of that. Like I'm just keeping moving. And as I'm walking, my friend, her name is Cece. Like that's who I was walking with at the time. And she was like, you know, like, yo, you're bleeding. Just letting you know. Like, and I was kind of like, like, what the fuck? Like, and I like took my backpack off and I was bleeding and like I pulled my shirt up and my friend was like, nah, but like, he stabbed you. And I was just like, shit. Like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I, I didn't feel it. And I didn't feel myself bleeding. I didn't really feel anything because my adrenaline was going so much because I didn't realize what was going on. Like, I was just like, yo, like, like I just got stabbed. Like, what do I do? What do I do? So my friend Destiny called my older brother. He came down and then he called his friend and he came down and then I look over and a friend of mine named Wormy also got stabbed like under his armpit. And my friend country came, he came and he wanted to go fight him. Cause you know, he stabbed me. And that was like a, another mentor of mine and he sliced his face. That scar is still there. Like he was in the hospital when we got there, like eating McDonald's and you can see 
his teeth like while he was eating like it was that deep wow so like so there's it's one person that stabbed three three people people of color wow so you know i detective piacente gets there detective williamson williams gets there and they take the kid and they put him in the back of the car no handcuffs like he's just sitting there like and he's laughing and he's like rocking back and forth, just laughing, kind of like, you know, like I just look like, look, how you just got into some shit like he's a little hyper, you know what I mean? And nobody's asking me questions like security guards from the school is there. Nobody's talking to us, me or Wormy or anything like that. And I'm kind of just like getting wrapped up like bandages up and stuff like that. And then the ambulance gets there and they, they put me on a stretcher, even though I could, I could walk like I was fine, but they put me on a stretcher there. And then when I got into the back of the ambulance, they were asking me a bunch of questions about my body and stuff like that. Like, are you okay? Are you good? You know, this is going to sound weird, but you know, can you get a boner right now? Like I have to ask that because it's a spinal, a spinal. It was like three centimeters away from my lung, but like a centimeter away from my spine. Wow. So like, it was like a really, really, tight like space so and then i get there and you know my older brother's outside the hospital he's crying my mother is there crying my father is there crying like you know what i mean they don't really know what's going on all they heard was that your son was stabbed after school so it's just like yo like what the fuck happened that like he walks home from school every day so what happened today that he was stabbed on the way home from school. What changed that? Right. So that's step one right there. Already there's a disconnection. The school didn't even, they don't know what happened. And it seems like they didn't really care to get the full story. Who who, inf- who informed your parents, your brother? I'm pretty sure a girl named Destiny called my mother. Okay. So, it's a, friend, so, so it wasn't the school. It wasn't the was police yeah. that showed up because you were reminded. No one. Right. Wow. But at the scene, the security and the police yeah. are there or yeah. no? The security okay. and, the okay. and are they interacting with one another or not really? They were interacting with one another. They weren't really like, it, I can say like maybe just being like on a positive note, they were trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah. But nobody was really worried about kids. No one like, can, you know, yeah, I'm, kids like, who I'm putting emphasis were bleeding, on kids. Yeah. Like we're, we were kids. Yeah. It's not like we were grown men and everybody just staying outside a bar or something like that. Like this is after school. And so what's going through your mind? Cause I want to kind of like peel this yeah. back a bit for mm-hmm. folks. Cause this is, you know, I, I think we all know we'd agree this is a traumatic event right Right, so like in that moment like you mentioned he's put in the back of the police car no handcuffs like what's going through your mind my mind is just like i still could not believe that i got stabbed like Mm -hmm. i was just still getting wrapped up like i'm looking at my friends not talking because i'm just like yo like so you're still in shock. Yeah, like I was still in shock and I was still kind of like on the edge, like, yo, am I going to die on the way to the hospital? Like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I was losing a lot of blood. Like, it was like squirting out my back. So it was like, yo, all right, like, this is a pretty deep puncture if it's squirting out, you know? Right. So, like, I was just in full on shock and just looking at him in the back of the car, like, yo, he just stabbed me and he's over there smiling and rocking and doing all that. And it's just like, where do we go from here as a kid? You know, in my head, it was like, yo, like, we got to get him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's really what I was thinking in my head is we got to get him. Like, you know, like, we're going to see him soon kind of kind of thing. And then over time, that's just not what it became for me, really, on a, on a personal level. Like, getting to the hospital, for example, and, like, seeing my whole family crying and just. Yeah, so take us there. Through. So you're so you, you now you've arrived at the hospital and your whole family's there. Right. Informed from your friend to mm-hmm. get there, right? What happens in you know the next sequence? You so, do you see the police officers again? Yeah, the next sequence was you know they rolled me in. 
they got me in on the, they did me an emergency MRI because they had to make sure that like nothing was going on, like internal. Mm-hmm. And I was fine. But while I'm there, the guys that are doing it, you know, they see blood squirting. I'm like, oh, he's losing a lot of blood. Like we got to get him into the room. And he's saying, he was like, yo, like, where are you from? And like, I'm from Beacon. He kind of like, was like, like, what the fuck? Like, oh, shit don't be happening. Beacon, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm from Poughkeepsie. I know Beacon. That ain't really Beacon. So, like, I'm sorry this happened to you, et cetera, et cetera. What, what hospital were you at? Vassar. And I mean, that is reflective of what we think about our community, right? Like, we don't think, I mean, you know, walking into this room today, I didn't think, like, you know, kids in our community can experience something like this, Right. Right. That's that's just the, for me personally, like growing up, that's the picture they want to paint is like, yeah, come move here and live here. You can settle here. But on the inside, this is what's going on. Like, Well, I think that's the false narrative that happens, yes. right? you know, um, yeah. and I think that happens even on the political scale of why like certain funding doesn't happen for the city because they're like, well, you, you're Beacon. Everything's good in Beacon. And I, I heard someone say there's no racism in Beacon. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, you're, yeah <laughs> clearly you're not from Beacon, you know, and, and at right. the end of the day, there, 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 there are, it, at the end of the day, we are a city. Yeah. You know, and, and and I've been saying for a long time since the city's been growing into where it's at today, when some of the changes were happening, I started seeing stuff. I studied a lot of sociology. That was my major in college, you know, with city like come city problems, mm. you know, and at the end of the day, yeah, it might not, our, our problems might not be on a scale of, of, of a Harlem back in the day or, 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 even, or, a Brooklyn, or, or even a Newburgh right, or Poughkeepsie right. today, but we still have our issues. You know, we still have people who need certain type of assistance within our community that at sometimes we, we struggle even as people of, of myself, like uh, the nonprofit work that we do, the government work we do, we're trying to even get in resources within our community because on the outside, people look at this narrative of well you're in beacon so you're good right. and and that's why, that's why i'm just happy that you're here we're gonna go more into the story right. but because we need to let people know no this is beacon yeah. and this is what's like going on you know beacon. like for example while this is going on ali muhammad that's like a big brother to me he's a big mentor shout out to him but this is i'm pretty sure he's running for city council and his signs are in our yard and i'm like excited i'm like 13 for them excited like his signs in our yard like we represent him my parents have voted for him mm-hmm. they got ripped out of my yard so, like, this is the kind of things going on in this city. And back then, it was a different climate. So, like, you kind of just just wore that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you didn't And, really, you're, you didn't and really, you're 14 at the time, right? right? So you didn't like, really say nothing about it or let anybody know. Like, it's not how it is now. Like, right now, the climate is very different. Like, people are recording things like that. Like, but those kind of things were going on. Like, a lot of stuff was being swiped under the table. Like, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just so we don't lose um, where we're at in the story. Mm-hmm. So, did you have to go to surgery or were you in the hospital overnight? Yeah. Did you have to stay there? I was there. Yeah, I did have to stay there. So, back to the story is, like, they rolled me in and I, they get me in the room because I was losing too much blood. They gave me morphine, which is really, really strong. It messed me up. Like, I was in the mid-conversation, and I felt it go through my body. Like, you know, we were all laughing and stuff because it was, like, just a funny moment. Like, I'm in the middle of a conversation, and I just, like, dozed down because I was like, oh, shit. Like, what was that? And they're like, sorry. Like, it's really strong, but you're, like, really hurt. You know, like, you may not feel it, but your body's, like, in really bad shape right now. And then that's when the detective comes in, the sergeant comes in, and a police officer all come in and you know we all kind of got quiet and they were like you know like we're here interviewing everybody who was involved so we just wanted to get your take on it and I said no I was young-minded you know what I mean I was really on some like yo when I see him you know I was a retaliation mode like I did not want to talk to the police and I don't trust the police so 
I just, I said, no, like, I didn't want to talk. And my mom was like, you sure? I was like, no, I, I don't want to talk to them. And, you know, they kind of budged for a little bit and then they left. And then I stayed there in the hospital. I got, I think, seven stitches on the inside of my, like, of the wound. And then they stapled it closed. And I stayed overnight and I was walking the next day. And then I was back in school the next week. Wow. So the part of the story that I didn't get to tell at the protest is there was a hearing. And at the hearing, and now this is what they did. As a, I think they purposely did this. A hearing with, where? In the school district? School, it was a school district hearing because he was in he was in Bosey's or Beta, one of those schools. So technically, he's a part of the community and he's a part of the school district. So we had to do a hearing. So I'm in the the main room with a camera sitting there. I'm sitting across from him. My father's sitting across from him. And my uncle is also there. So, like, I'm my father doesn't know. And my uncle do not know that this is the person that stabbed me. Like, I'm the only one sitting there. So I'm kind of just sitting there, like, you know, like, like, I can't believe they did this. That's crazy. Like, I'm like, yo, I can't believe they did this. And I'm not saying nothing to my dad because I can't. And my uncle definitely not because he's old school. Like, he'll, he would have popped off. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I was like, let me just chill. And I just texted him while we was in the same room. Like, yo, I'm just like, you know, like, that's him. And he kind of like, he looked at me and then looked at my uncle and then looked at him and was like, he knew that he had to calm down. Like, well, immediately, like, I can't fuck this up right now because yeah, so the school calls this like hearing. So the school calls this hearing and are, are they asking people to talk or are they just... It was more like with the superintendent, like we met with the superintendent. I don't know why, because I was a victim. You know what I'm saying? Like, Sounds I like was it was dead. a manifestation meeting. So where they essentially make a determination if what this kid did is tied to whatever I'm assuming, let's right. say if it was like a mental, like a diagnosis or whatever. Right. I think he's, I think he's on the right page because when we got in there, you know, like it was a superintendent and it was the principal and it was a security guard. And then the kid was there. So with his father and he sat me down in this room, like they said, they left us in that room for like 10 minutes straight, like just all sitting in there. And it was like, I feel like it was really a setup, but you know, I could just be on some conspiracy shit, but like, why, it's just, why would you do that? You know what I mean? Like, well, it also, I mean, here's the other thing, right? Like with the, you know, giving them all the benefit of the doubt in our community, this is not something that happens all the time. So the question that I keep having in your story is, were they even prepared for something like this? Right. Like, did the school, like, you know, like it, we can all look back 2020 and, you know, you know, look back and say, why would they even do that? Like, there's so much, there's so much wrong in that protocol that creates an environment that only re engage like for you to re-engage someone that just stabbed you for you to be in the same room like there's no sensitivity there there's no you know there's a lot of things so like it's like it's like in the world of possibility was it was it intentional i don't know was it just sheer ignorance and neglect on their part to not really think through the line and concern themselves right and and there can be a number of reasons why they didn't concern right. themselves with how you were feeling in that moment because of the other, the bigger issue that's at play, right? Like, you know, if this were a different demographic victim, if that victim looked different demographically, whether, you know, economics or race or gender, 
would they have treated you differently? You right. know, that's how I feel. And my biggest thing for me was my father, you know, like to sit there and keep his cool with somebody who tried to kill his first son. Like, it's like mm. nobody thought about that. Nobody. That's what I don't get is like, you know, this is somebody's kid. It's not like, I'm just trying to think like when I think of community work is like, I want to work for my community and just be the best person I could be. Like try to put myself in everybody's shoes. And that's just not what they did. They just show carelessness. And that's just how I feel yeah, about it. Yeah. Just a little didn't bit care. Incompetent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's the, that's the word that I was looking for oh. earlier. So then, you know, where do the police come back into the conversation? So I, before we went, I went back to school like that week, they suspended me for a week. And who got suspended for yeah. getting stabbed? Yeah, they suspended me. What, for what did they suspend you for? It, it was just insubordination. I'm pretty sure. Insubordination, insubordination for what? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like I was suspended for the week. I had, that's why we had the hearing and everything like that to determine what went down. They didn't know what went down, so they had to suspend everybody involved. Sounds well, like they, they, just, they just chopped well, it up to an altercation. Yeah, right. yeah. Instead of doing an investigation do or due diligence yes. and finding right. out what that's happened, their whole, that's their mo. Is like we don't care what happened. Everybody's getting suspended. Yeah, like, or almost like a zero tolerance. So like, yeah, no, that's it, not even zero tolerance. No. Not in that. Like, not in that. So like, he was attacked. Like right. yeah. he was attacked with a knife. Like you were walking away from an the situation, an yeah, altercation, exactly. and you were stabbed. There's no zero. You yeah, did, yeah. were not in the wrong right. for anything. Or exactly. even, or but I mean, at minimum, like, escalation. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. I mean, it's not like you were out there with your sword. You know, right. exactly. like it doesn't sound like, like you were stabbed I by. Think they said there was, if I remember correct, there was over seventy statements from the school district. Like they interviewed like a lot of kids that said they were there. They like they had kids come down to guidance that seen it for like mental stuff and all that. And there was over like seventy statements. So like I'm guessing during that week they were collecting all this information, which is why they just suspended everybody whoever was involved because during that time they collect information, et cetera, et cetera. Then we come back and regroup and we talk about what happened and so that's just how they roll. Like it's like say I could just be walking the hallway and a kid punches me in the face and I retaliate, we're both getting suspended. That's just how they do. Like, but but that's still that's still a different situation from what happened. I I I I'm not going to give them any credit on this one. I'm not. Now they 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 dropped the ball because if you were, and and I'm assuming the witnesses attested to to what happened. So if you're having all these kind of seventy people are telling you that this young man was minding his business and he got stabbed. There's no. But right. even so, the fact remains: somebody stabbed yeah, you. Yeah, you know, right, like right. that. Yeah. Like that's a fact. I you don't. I don't care what the anecdote is around that. Whoa, where did a knife and you actually penetrating yeah. somebody else's body with that come into play? And now Real. you're being yeah. suspended. That's right. victim blaming. Yeah. Right. Oh, thank exactly. you for that. So, so you you had said before you had said brief, briefly that. They provided like supports and stuff for the kids. Who yeah, they did. Yeah. Did they provide like what? Did, were you provided with any support? Nah, were you nah. giving? So back to the story is like when I were we were talking about when we brought the police back and when they came back. Mm -hmm. the so during that week, me and my my father, you know, he was like, you know, like fuck that, like we're gonna get justice. Like I'm not feeling what's going on right now. We're gonna go down there and we're gonna talk to this guy. I know you don't want to, but. He's not walking away from like my father was just explaining to me like he cannot walk away. He tried to kill you. I don't like we don't got to snitch on nobody. You don't got to do nothing like that. But you need to cooperate with your part of the story. Like we don't need to talk about anybody else. Mm -hmm. We can talk about you. And that was my biggest thing was like, you know, like, I don't know what happened over there. I don't know who was involved over there. Like I'm 
worried about me and they came asking about other people and who else was involved and why'd you do this? Why this happened? Like, as if, like you said, they were victim blaming. And I was just like, nah, like, I don't want to talk to him. So we go down there and we get in his office and he's like, you know, he's being nice. How are you guys doing? Et cetera. I'm sorry. What happened to your son? You know, like just blowing smoke up my dad's ass. And he sat us down. He was like, so walking through your story. And so I walked through the story that I just told y'all the same exact story. But now you're at the police station. Yeah. Now I'm in, I'm in his in Detective Williams office. So I told him just like I told you, even down to where I asked him to play Meek Mill, everything. And he's like, he's reading it back to me. He's like, okay, so you asked him for the music and then you threw a snowball at him. And me and my dad were like, like kind of jumped up like yo like that's not that's not, not what, what I, I said, said at all <laughs> like at all and he was like oh okay my bad my bad just continue with your story and then as I keep continuing he keeps switching it up as I'm talking and my dad was like just like yo like that's not what he's saying and I see what you're trying to do here if you do this again I'm gonna get up and leave and there's gonna be no statement and you know him and my dad start arguing so he was like you know I'm sorry etc cetera, etc cetera. just continue with your story so then I got to the end where I was like, you know, I was just walking by. I didn't do anything. Like I was literally just walking by and got and felt a nudge in my back. That's it. And I thought it was just from the altercation. And he was like, okay, so you're walking by and you swung at this kid. And then my dad was like, all right, yo, like, I'm not, I'm not wow. fucking with you. Like, we're out of here, y'all. Like, fuck you kind of thing. Like, you said it right to him. Just literally. And then we- Shout out to out. your pops, man. Yeah, because it's like, <laughs> he don't play that shit, man. Like, he don't, he don't do that. You don't do that with somebody kid like at all like yeah i mean as a parent i don't know if i would <laughs> yeah. yeah like that's what i'm saying I, that's I why hold myself back <laughs> yes. you know especially like after you know putting yourself in your father's shoes right like after the scare the trauma of all of you went through and right. then now on the other side because i'm sure the the day that the day that this occurred the moment that it occurred and he heard from it the first thought was i just want my son to be safe i just want right. him to be all right and you know what we'll handle the justice on the back end but then for him to like then now be in a space where now you're not being met with justice. Right. I can only imagine the the anger that will swell right. in, it, the, in that, you know. I feel like it was more traumatic for them than it was for me because like they started doing things like if I didn't come home on time for curfew or something like that, my mom is checking a police blotter. You know what I'm saying? Like doing things mm -hmm. like that. She never had to do that before because she knew either I was with my friends or I was playing basketball. That's all I did. So it left marks on them. Like to this day, I know every Halloween they're thinking like, you know, years ago today, this is what took place. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And, you know, the other thing that came up for me when you're sharing that is like, just shout out to your parents, period. Yeah, right? Because right. I think about the kid that maybe doesn't have parents that are that close, that involved, that understanding, or even your father's foresight to be like, yo. You trying to switch up your story? No, right. you know what we're and, and know what to do next. Like actually, and, we're not going to engage this conversation because right. this isn't happening for my son. Yeah, and I think even you know your pops having a conversation with you about like, listen, like I get I get what you want in regards right. to 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 retaliation, but tell your story. Right. Tell exactly. what you feel comfortable telling, but make sure you share that because that is the most important piece. Right. And and you know, as a man. Right. And as a man with a son, I'm sure your dad had other thoughts on how he wanted to respond to that. 100%. And yeah, the thing that's coming up for me now, though, is, you know, what would be the motivation of Officer Williams to act that way? For me, I think he's straight up racist. 
I have no problem saying it. He was at the counter protest that we just had. I him and his wife are not good for the community at all. Like I, that's just my opinion. What took place was my uncle called my mother when the the first week I went back to school because it blew over. After that week, and we tried to do this, try to go talk to police. The superintendent didn't go well. We're just done with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what took place. We got to move on from it. We have nobody to talk to. We can't talk to police. We can't talk to the schools. Like, you know, there ain't much else we could do. Which got to be crazy frustrating because, yeah. like, I'm trying to I'm trying to just hear the story with, right. without just uh, yeah, not react. reacting. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and to know that there's a criminal element. And everyone knows that I have a criminal past. Right. And it never blew over. Mm. So to know that there's a criminal element to the story and it's like, why wasn't it pursued? Right. You know, so, so, so I'm still here just right. for the listeners. I'm, I'm still here. I just, sometimes I know when I got, I just have to take a backseat on the situation. Right. I definitely understand that because I say it all the time, every time I tell somebody about it, if the shoe was on the other foot, y'all know where I'll be. I'll probably still be there. Like, I'll probably still be in prison right now. Yep. Like they, I would have got my life taken away either way. Like yeah. that's how I look at it. So was there any other factors, though, that, that, that you believe that probably played into why it was yeah. going this way? So my that first week in school, my uncle, he's a fire chief of Glenham, Stephen Buckman. And he called my mother because, you know, he's close with those those people over there. And he told her, you know, like, yo, like, I'm just letting you know that the kid that stabbed John, his, his best his uncle is best friends with the detective. No, he was kind of telling us, like, I don't think that's ironic kind of thing. Like, he knows. Yeah. He, 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 so that, I think so that's right there. So a bit right of a there. conflict of interest. Exactly. That right there is what, is what painted the narrative of what he was doing, switching up my statement and, and just trying to make it seem like I started this. And this yeah. was me. And just because in my head, he's probably thinking, you know, he's 14 and they ain't going to do nothing to him if he started this kind of thing. On the other hand, that kid is 18 and... He just stabbed oh, three different show. people. So let's, so let's like, I mean, now I, now I just have to go deeper into this assailant. So my, my, my law and order verbiage there. So this person is an adult. Mm-hmm. This person is, you know, just factually is a white person. Yeah. And this is a person that has ties to the leading detective on this case. Right. Exactly. And detective Williams was outside all day, like at the beginning high school, and when they passed that, I don't want to call it a law, but I think like an act where they had a active duty cop come in and sit down for a couple mm-hmm. of hours in the school yeah. and stuff like that. It was him. He was there all the time, so he knew who I was. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. knows I'm a student in the school, and that just right there is a point where. So it's not like he didn't know you from right, Adam, exactly, like, and yeah. you can just tell what the school is trying to paint, you know what I mean? Like when it comes to people of color, we're not cared for the same, whether they want to believe it or not. Like I'm going through things like that right now with the school board, which we're going to talk about yeah. as long as, like as when we go down the line. But so, so in the end of this, you know, there was no charges brought. None. Uh, there was, I'm lying. There was one, but it was like, I felt like it was a slap in the face. Like it was just criminal possession of a weapon in the fourth degree. That's not it. usage of that weapon against nah. a minor. Nah, that's it. That's all. It's an evil world we live in. Wow. That's, and that's what he got. was convicted of, or he was just charged away. Because um, I don't know. Because when you get charged now, what 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 
we're 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 going into like on not not to segue into anything else, but we got the police issue, the police force, police department, but then you also have the court system, right. which is another layer layer of yeah. um, of uh, racial injustice that um is, is spoken about. So was he convicted of that too? I don't, I'm not really a hundred percent sure to be honest with you, but when we got the paperwork and stuff like that from the school, that's what was on there next to his name was criminal possession of the, in the fourth. And it was also in the paper as that too. So I think he, he yeah. could have been, I think he was charged. If it's in the paper, I'm pretty sure. So he was charged, but he may be charged. I, I'm yeah, not but, debating the charge, but, but, but the but conviction. Because, because, and, and also, we also understand that people get charged and then once you get there, there's always a plea deal. Some, yeah. right, so, right, so right. depending on what you're charged with, what it'll get dropped down to. So, and we also know there's a racial bias with that. You know what I'm saying? Right. We know usually when uh, like black people are charged with a crime, they, they get hit with the book. They, right. get, they get a harsher right. charge up front so that even when the plea bargain comes down, it's still a more aggressive right. yeah. versus where what sounds like this is that it started at an aggressive altercation, right? There's an aggressive charge to be to like, you know, I'm right. not, you know, I'm not a you know judge, but you know, there was, there was, there was an aggression that was higher and it seems like it started right. at a lower value, you know? Like he was supposed to be seeing three counts of attempted murder, whether he, whether yeah. anybody liked it or not. Yeah. And he was an adult, he not an adult. a child exactly. to be charged as an adult, but 18 years old. Yeah. Wow. Shit is crazy. That's crazy. Shit is crazy. Wow. So, I mean, thank you for sharing that. Of course. Yeah. Is there anything else in the story that we've, that you want to make sure um, that people know about? Thing, yeah, I'll share. I'll just let everybody know that the, School psychologist did not try to talk to me. The guidance counselor did not try to talk to me, which made me even more believe that, like, okay, like, they're really blowing this over. Like, they're making sure they don't want no contact with me or anything. Teachers weren't reaching out. It's not like nobody knew. The whole district knew. So, yeah. So literally just ignoring. It was just, yeah, it was like them ignoring it and me having to put that behind, like, just put it behind me. Like I had to just pretend like it didn't happen. It, it took a different toll on my life though. Like when well, I, the first day when I got back to school and everything like that, you know, like there was a lot of love going around, but like also there was another side where it was like, you know, people thought of me as like a thug or like, like a gangster, you know what I mean? Because I got stabbed and that's the type of shit I was involved in. And like, even to the point where I had one of my best friends tell me like, yo, look, my mom don't want me hanging out with you no more. Like, I'm sorry. Wow. But so then I was thinking in my head, like, what story is going around that my best friend of like five, six years is like, yo, like, I, I can't fuck with you no more. Yeah. So, so, you know, so as you're dealing with the, that stigma that mm -hmm. now, you know, your peers in school is kind of forcing on you now because you're still, you're still the victim in this right. entire time. How were you like? as a you know 13 14 year old young man like how are you processing all this because i think to 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 hear what you've been through mm -hmm. and to now see where you're at seems like there was a lot of growth that happened right definitely um because to not have so, to not keep that anger with you especially as a young man and seeing that and experiencing that i can't speak to that because i've i've not been in that and right. in your shoes but i can imagine if i was in that situation i would be pissed off as hell Right. For so me, it was really just like I started smoking a lot of weed, man, like a lot. Like that's what really came into it, smoking a lot of weed, playing basketball and just not being home for me. Like I had to keep my mind going 
24 seven, like I had to like, or I would just start thinking about it. And it was, it was not a, it was not a good environment. You know what I mean? Like I did, I, I was labeled as a thug and a gangster and I went with it. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I wish I didn't, but as a child to deal with those kind of things is like you know, children are easily influenced mm-hmm. you know what i mean so like and when you when it comes to school these are people who are superior these are people you're supposed to listen to these are people who are going to guide you in the right direction like you know what i mean and that's just what i was labeled as and the aura around it like you know what i mean even like that's what some of my friends have seen it as you mm-hmm. know so like as a child that's just what i ran with like you know like i wasn't out like you know hitting people or beating anybody up but it was just that aura was around me that i was labeled like a gang member gangster but that's a classic example of the labeling theory Uh, they say um you you get labeled and then you'll make an attempt to try and shake that label right but once you can't shake that label you play into the label Exactly. exactly so for the next two years that's what i was labeled as and i will say i'll say two and a half because I just did not care about school anymore. You know what I mean? Like I was going to basketball trials, like failing four classes, thinking I was going to make the team and just stuff around the lines of that. And then the guidance counselors pulled me in and they were like, yo, listen, man, we're going to send you to BOCES. And I was just kind of like, like, what's that? I don't really know what that is. And I was, they explained it to me and they were asking like, you know, would you like to go? Like it's the easier route for you. You're not doing good here. It just seems like you can't really focus kind of thing. Now, back then, I didn't have the right mind to be like, maybe if you guys took the proper care when such and such happened, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be here kind of thing. Now, thinking back to it. But you're a child. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm a child. So like, so I went and it seriously was the best thing I ever did. Like, I, I went in 11th grade and I studied early childhood education and got a certificate in that. And then in 12th grade, I got a certificate for teaching assistant studies and my grades are fine. And I graduated. So the last the last two years, I had very little contact with with the high school. Wow. And luckily, right? Because at this point, I think we all agree that was sheer luck that yeah. you happened to fall into a program at BOCES that you happened to be engaged with. Yeah, right. This to me does not seem something very intentional. I don't think, you know, I think we all have our stories about our guidance counselors. Oh, um, we should do an episode about we that should one. Definitely yeah. do that. <laughs> you know, things your guidance counselor will tell you that yeah. will shock you. <laughs> you know, so luckily, right, by the grace of God, I would say, right, as a as a faithful person, you know but that to me like it breaks my heart to hear that that was your experience right it actually which just made me there was one two people that like you know like i don't really come as a teacher but shout out to mr hammond he's he's a community guy for me like i don't really see him as a teacher but he's a spanish teacher and one of two teachers in the whole school that are of color and so we and him had a bond he always checked up on me and miss or Gemma was my English teacher that year. So, and I still talk to her to this day. She sees me transition from right there, like in her face every day, all the way up until graduation. She stayed in touch through that whole entire time. Yeah. Tremendous growth throughout that time, right? Right, Like, Like you as a person, period, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, from where we started this story for you to land like that is phenomenal, you know, right. like and, and and it doesn't come overnight and it definitely doesn't come without you deciding 
that that's what you're going to do. You know what I mean? Like it's not your whole story is not about, you know, yes, you've had some, you know, uh, support along the way. And these two teachers sound like amazing people. Thank goodness for them. Right. But, you know, the system Mm. failed you. Mm. They, They failed multiple, multiple people. Like if it's, if it's even possible to even at the end, like if we have like an open discussion or anything like that, there's more people that they failed that I grew up with that are in jail now that almost don't have that support system that maybe you had. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. They didn't have the support system that I had to keep me on the right route. Like those kids weren't in the BCC. Those kids weren't in the MLK. Like, you know, like, and those kids are in jail now. Like they're not kids now, but like, it's just like, they don't understand that. Like when it comes to school for, for me personally, this is what I believe. As soon as you decide you're going to become a security guard, teacher, gym teacher, guys, anything, you have lives in your hands, regardless yeah. of mm-hmm. how you feel. And I hope there's going to be teachers and such and such listening because like, you have to understand that these kids lives are in your hands. Now, this is the future. You have to, be that like that per that mentor that person that's going to be changing putting them in the right direction that they want to go in like yeah and i don't understand that how some people just you know take the name and the paycheck and just go home right knowing that like yeah i I went through being like going to be a teacher and stuff like that so i know you you're a mandated reporter i know that Mm -hmm. you have to mandate things when you see a kid acting out of whack like even like if a child comes in in the same clothes every single day how do you not say nothing? Like, you know what I mean? Like something is clearly going on at home where he doesn't have enough money or his family doesn't have enough money to where he's wearing the same thing every single day. Like, or if he's dirty every day or if he smells, you know, like like he's not showering and stuff like that. Those are all triggers to something that's going on at home. Yeah. Just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Everything else. I don't, I don't, I really don't get it. And that's what really motivates me to get on the school board is like things like that. Seeing things like that growing up is like, okay, whoever's in charge is clearly either not paying attention or they don't care. Yeah, no. And I think this is a perfect segue, right? Because we went really deep and I think it was important for people to hear your story, your experience, right? Because that's what informs the man that I see in front of me today, right? That's what informs, you know, your passion. That's what fuels your fire to make sure that, you know, when you are, you know, extending yourself through service to the community. This is the man that's showing up. It's someone that's not speaking from what I think the geese kids want or should have or whatever. It's you speaking from and advocating from the space of your former self so that another kid doesn't go through the experience that you're going, that you had to walk. Right. Exactly. And so that's what informs your thinking. So I think it's perfect to like now talk through what that engagement looks like for you. Cause I know there's two things that you know, right off the bat for me that now knowing your story, it makes perfect sense. And as a community member, I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for Beacon to have you because first you were recently appointed to the human relations commission. Right. So like the human relations is like, they sort of dictate the climate of the community. So like now it is, it may not seem like it, but I'm going to be in a position of some power where like, I can say things on a platform and you're going to have to listen to me. Mm -hmm. Like, so it, that's just one piece right there that completely changes the narrative to everything because there's only five people on it right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, I should have done my, yeah, I should have done my research, but how many people should be on the human relations? 
Okay. Yeah. I knew it was light. So yeah. we have five of 15, but for those, those folks that haven't been engaged and they're like, what is the human relations commission? Like, do you want to explain a little bit more about yeah, that's their role really in the community? What they're in charge of is like anything that's going on in the community where like, say like what I read up on about it is like, if there's an issue within the community as yep. in like, we can use mine, for example, Yep, they would step in yes. and they would be trying to help me. They would be a resource for you. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so the Human Relations Commission, for folks that are, you know, unfamiliar, like this is this is your space to say when you don't have someone, who do you go to? Exactly. You can, you know, you can write a complaint to the Mm -hmm. Human Relations Commission. You can go to a meeting and you basically explain to them what it is that's going on for you. And that issue extends beyond, you know, policing. It could be something with housing. It could be something with, you know, utility issues, any issue, really, you can, you can, you know, engage the Human Relations Commission as your backbone, as your support network to help you navigate that issue. Yeah. And my job going on there is like, like my angle is to just make sure I don't even care if I stay on it. Like, I just want it to be known that you can use this as a platform and they're supposed to help you. Yeah. Because I feel like maybe I don't I've never heard of it before. Uh, I was just going to say that's what you're going to do. You're going to, number one, raise awareness. (laughs) Yeah, like I've never heard of it before growing up or anything like that. So I definitely want to raise awareness to it. And um, I hope that I just ruffle some feathers. That's really what I'm I'm not coming out to be like an an agitator. But at the same time, I'm not keeping my mouth quiet either. At the same time, I'm not being an agitator. But this is the facts. These are the hard conversations we have to have. And this is what we're going to like the conversation we're going to have, not have to like, it's going to happen. There's no like there's no doubt in my mind that I'm I'm coming to ruffle feathers 100 yeah. percent. And 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 what I hear you say, because sometimes when you say things, things could just be taken out of context. So when you say that you're not going to be an agitator, but you're coming to ruffle feathers, I, I automatically know when I say things like that, people are going to be like, oh, he's coming to cause a problem. Oh, he's trying really? to come do this. He's trying and and but because I've been in positions like that and, and I've looked to people who are on committees like that, what I'm hearing you say, and you can correct me on it is not, not, not that you're, you're going to do it, but what you're saying is if somebody comes to me with a complaint, I'm not going to ignore it because right. some things that I think that yeah. happen are some people go to these committees, they'll say a complaint, but maybe the committee doesn't even reflect or are is diverse enough for the person who's making a complaint and they kind of want it to go away. Right. So, so, so you're not, you're not going to do anything, but what you signed up to do. So somebody right, comes up exactly. with an issue and, and what also what I'm hearing you say is I don't care what that issue is. So if it's an uncomfortable race issue, it's an uncomfortable, I don't know, economic issue, wh- whatever the issue it is, yeah. if it needs to be addressed, I'm willing to make sure that, that their voice doesn't stop here, exactly. which, which, which I think is, is what's needed. And and some people, when things like that don't happen, that's when certain committees like this or resources like this aren't even utilized. So to hear like, Oh, well, no one's ever even heard of it. Cause yeah. How many people been to it and felt like, Oh yeah, you know what? I went there and it worked for me. Uh, how many people went there and said, Oh, I went there. It didn't work for me. It's a waste of your time. 
you right. know, so that, 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 that I, I just want, I'm saying you could correct me. Yeah, if I'm no, wrong, no, no, you're but, right. But, but, you're but I, I just right. want to make like, sure uh, that everyone who's listening and also I'm saying just because some people know my background, they know the hip hop culture, they know yeah, I yeah. talk slick. So like, like, like your passion, I feel your passion. Right. I, I like the energy. So, so I, I also want to make sure it's clarified because yeah, sometimes yeah, when we say something slick, we'll, we'll, like, we'll say an analogy where it's like, oh no, we get it. But then like a, a listener can listen to him and be like, yo, yeah, well, how are you going to be? Why are you going to rock the wave? Oh no, I'm not. I'm just saying the people who are going to come with, I'm I'm not going to run away from the issues that are brought to my table. Right. For real. Like I'm just, I'm here to serve my community and be the best to ever do it. Like seriously, that's what I'm running on. That's what I'm always going to say. That's what I'm always going to do. Like that's, and when I say uncomfortable, it's just because like there is people, for example, there's people on the city council right now that there's conversations that need to be had and they are not having them. Yeah. So like it's everywhere. It's a city council. It's a human Agreed. relations commission. It's everywhere. Schools, police system is is everywhere. And wherever I'm at, I'm giving it 110% is what I mean by ruffling feathers. Cause I can't, I'm, I can't watch no more. Yeah. Silence is no longer an option. Right. So you said that there was five. Um, you're on there now. There's there is 15. If somebody's interested in it, how how did you get involved? How could somebody else get involved with the um, commission? If uh, you can print out an application online, I think if you just look up Human Relations Committee Beacon New York, it'll bring you right yeah. to the website, and you can just print it out and hand it into the city hall. And also, they said to attach a resume. I don't personally think you need one because. This has nothing to do with what you've done with your life. You're, this is just community members coming together to help you, the community. So I don't think you need a resume, but they do ask for one. But I yeah. would definitely apply. I think there's only nine spots now. So there's four left. I think. Yeah. yeah. So then the other thing that you're doing, which I'm also excited about now having this conversation, is that you're looking to secure a seat on the school board. Yes, 100 yeah, percent. But this is where for me is where the passion is going to come in, because I you got everybody just heard my story. This cannot go on anymore. I've even talked to school members that are on the board now that told me they've seen strategic ways about Mrs. McNair not getting the seat. So, like, my thing is, like. You all know what's going on, but you're not doing nothing. Politics. Yeah. Like, I don't get that. And that, that's what I mean by, like, again, ruffling feathers is like, I'm not watching that at all. Like, on any part, like, even what I say that meaning for that to happen to a white person, Puerto Rican, black, whatever, I'm yeah. not watching that. So, getting so, on the school board for you, it sounds like, you know, just student relations seems to be mm-hmm. what you really want to, you yeah, know, yeah, student relations and also parents. Like, my parents went through something and they, had no idea what was going on. We there's no communication between the school system and the parents as as it could be. I think it could really really be a great communication system where like, you know, if to the point where you see a teacher out and you speak to them, like you know what I'm saying? Like it I don't see a reason why it can't be like that where like, yeah, this is work, but this is the work that you decide to get into and you're a part of the community now if you're a teacher in Beacon, New York. Like yeah. Anywhere really like you're Somebody, you're, my child looks up to you, and you teach them. I don't like it. Just I don't. I don't get it. That's what I'm saying. Like getting it. I don't really get how there's no communication system between the school district and the parents. It's really poor and careless. Yeah, clearly that's. Are there any other issues on the school, like on the school front? Like, so one of the things I, you know, I 
I tend to get involved in things, but one of the things that comes up quite a bit is all things diversity within the school Mm -hmm. district. You know, what are your general thoughts there? Like, I mean, you mentioned earlier, there's only like me personally, I did my own research and I know that there's racial things going on in school. Like, for example, there's 23.2% people of color in Beacon High School and 42% of them are getting suspended. How? Like, that's a great question. It's little things like that that are like okay that nobody looks at because what people like to use against us is your graduation rate is really high so what like you don't know what is going on internally like so this this is just one thing that's going on internally that i want an answer to yeah and when when you said that like it it just sparked me like not not only why but what what are they being suspended over? Yeah, because right. because I think I would want to dive deeper into that. But and and the other thing that you just touched on was graduation rates. And I hate when we get into statistics. I had to take statistics in college. You can make numbers look any way you want. Let's right. be serious, you know. So so at the end of the day, that that's one thing that I loved the the energy that you're giving and the fact that you are getting involved because I think Beacon is a unique place where people like you are getting involved and we we live in that bubble that Brandon likes to to talk about where we need to address issues locally. Right. And then that, that's something that I always drive on in any platform of what I'm doing. You know, I always try to focus on what are we doing here in Beacon right. and how can we be better here? I don't care about state mandates that are coming down that need to make it look like we're working with community organizations. I'm not trying to make things look a certain way. What I want to do is make sure that, that we're addressing the issues here. And I think we can do that in Beacon. And I, I think, think it's people like you that would definitely make help make that happen. Yeah, you got to take care of home first. Like that's point blank. You got to take care of home first. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, is you will have the support. You have the support, support right? Like, 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 you know, you know, shameless plug, I am beacon, right? Like, like we are the community, right? right? Like we know the community. We are people that are concerned about our backyards. We look in our backyards. We, you know, we take the time to know one another. Right. So when you are, you know, if, and when you get on the school board, right. And when you are, you know, handling issues at the human relations commission, like you're handling it from a, from the understanding that, you know, this community, you're not looking at it by saying, Oh, well, nationally, these are the issues or this is kind of how we want, you know, I, 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 Again, trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. I often think that sometimes when people brush things under the rug or, or, you know, like, or, you know, curb a conversation or whatever, it's because they truly don't know. Like they don't know, like, right. like, so they, they see know. the numbers and they're like, well, oh, well, I guess they did something wrong to be suspended. But like, I don't see an issue here because they're not taking the time mm. to look to right. actually look, you know, like, and you'll get this when you get into the Human Relations Commission and anything else that you do, we get this all the time, is that there's always 9,000 things on the to-do list. So it's never about, is there an issue that we need to be addressing? It's really about prioritizing the right. issues. Like, what do so you that the, put first? Yes. And that's right. what I think, like, you'll be able to bring that lens to the table that I, I, I would we'd be hard pressed to say that other people are sitting on the school board today can bring that same level of understanding. I would hope so. But at the same time, it's just like, yeah, I've been here. So why hasn't it been a topic? Mm-hmm. I've been there and I ain't seeing it. So. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> And that's everywhere. That's the Beacon high school roundabout elementary schools, the police system that is everywhere. Like I really feel like we need to gut beacon and literally start all over fresh like that's what it, that's how i feel like and that's the direction i'm really going in 
And that doesn't mean like, I don't want anybody to think like, I'm just on some, like everything's going to has to be black and we have to be in charge and stuff like that. Like, I just want equality and I want, you know, I want it to be fair. Like that one stat is clearly not nothing about it is fair. Like there's no, it doubles like the mm-hmm. population of people of color. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And um, like, this is a podcast. So it's similar mm-hmm. to radio. Like there's right. no cameras here. Mm-hmm. You look like me. Right. So yeah. for the listeners at home, what is your racial background? My racial background, my mother is white and my father is black. But on paper, I put black. My mother always told me, you go by your father, you always put black no matter what. Yep. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify. So like yeah. when you're saying I'm not going at it one certain thing, like, yeah, because for you personally, it's not even about that. Right, it's not. Yep. That's, you know? that's why I think this is, I'm the perfect candidate because like, you know, I am a person of color, but also you can't say to me that, you know, I'm going at an angle where you can kind of call me racist or prejudiced because I'm also white. So yeah. it's just, I see the wrong and I'm coming to correct it. It's just point blank. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, the thing that jazzes me most, and, and I say this all the time about Beacon, it's not the fact that Beacon can't get to where it needs to go, but we do need to one, make room for folks to be invited to the table. Right. Right. And, you know, because there are, you know, people care about this community, but they need to know how they can get engaged, how they can get involved. So like you running for school board, like that's going to open up a world of possibility for other people to be like, if he could get there, then I could do this. And, you know, if, you know, you know, I thought about it. It's like, which I explained to the superintendent, everybody I've talked to is like growing up, especially my generation, your guys' generation, we don't think that we could do things like this. Like, Mm -hmm. and I explained that to them thoroughly, like, and I hope it really got to them. And I hope I get appointed because these opportunities do not come to us at all like there's two teachers that are of color i think in the whole district Mm. like you know what i'm saying and stuff like that speaks to us we see it we feel it we have those conversations with those teachers so like it is just like i i just i just don't get it like i don't get it and it can be changed and that's just what i'm trying to i'm trying to set the example and have those conversations with those people that are in really seriously for me like elementary school to high school this everybody just so that they know like with elementary school you're hitting them early and you're letting them know like you can do this just like for example i seen a video the other day of stefan marbury like he's in a barbershop and he's talking to a kid and he's like you know like you you can play basketball he's like yeah i gotta put it to my legs but he was like you know like you can also be the president and the kid kind of got quiet and he was just like what nobody told you that before and he said no like nobody's ever told me that but like that's the kind of role models we need is just telling like, you know, it doesn't have to be basketball or it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go and be a rapper. Like you can be the president, you can be the mayor, you can be a scientist, you can be an astronaut, you can do whatever you want. Like, yeah. We um, don't really have those voices in our, in our city. Yeah. And you said, you know, like, so you're personally getting engaged, getting involved, all that stuff, but a group of your friends as well, like you guys are coming together to really yeah. start to give back to the community. You want to let people know about that? Yeah, hundred percent. That is called the Label Foundation Inc. And that is a group of 11 of my friends. It is me, Elijah Hughes, Jordan Kalkowski, Jerry Servone, Josiah McCall Brown, Torres Phillips, Darren Montano, Malachi D'Souza, Jerry Cervone, and I'm forgetting one more. Jerry got two shout outs. I'm forgetting one more. I'm sorry. I just can't forget nobody. Yeah, 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 no, no, no. That's all right. That's all right. Is Tyrese part of that? Tyrese, yeah. Tyrese yeah. is number 11. Yes. We 
I just love those guys, man. And we grew up together. I think we're like 12 plus in now. Like most of them I knew since I was around like four or five years old. So this is something we've always talked about from middle school and on. We just never had the time. You know, everybody going in different directions with Elijah going to the NBA, Malachi at Albany, Tyrese at Quinnipiac. Like we're all in different directions. But because of the pandemic, now we're at home. And we have all this time to do whatever we talked about doing. And we went and did it. And we are official now. Like, we got the paperwork in, I think, like, a week and a half ago. We're an official nonprofit organization now. We got an nice. office in Newburgh, New York. Because, you know, again, we couldn't find one in Beacon. So we got an office in New York. And it, it's just great to see like I, I hope people are seeing it and seeing that they can do this too like we're sort of creating our own table like yeah. where we're going to provide opportunities for the community especially for the people who are from our area like it's not it's about beacon but it's it's way bigger than that for us we there's yep. kids everywhere going through what we're going through so that's really what we're touching on just like with the clothing give back you know a kid came with up to us and you know he was looking around and we kind of just, you know, was like, yo, what's good, bro? Like, how you doing? Gave him a feel like, you know, we're not like doing this for no reason. Like we, we, we giving love back and we gave him, I think like two or three outfits and I think two pairs of shoes. And then like after the event, you know, we're leaving and a couple of my friends seen him out with the shoes on in the shirt, yeah. with like two girls, like walking down the street. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? So like, it's cool. Like that we went and seen that and seeing change right like, away. Yeah. yeah. And, so, like, and I thought that was so dope. I, you know, like I didn't know anything about you guys until I saw, um, an Instagram post of you guys set up down over by loopers. Right. And you guys were doing that giveaway. And I was straight up just like, yo, what is this? Like, yeah. And it's know? not like, it's not like whack clothes. Either. Well, like, that's what I was going like, to say. I like I've seen the point this stuff, of differentiation. Right? I want to, like, yeah. Like the stuff you guys were giving away are like things that are like, it's fashionable stuff. Right. Like it's not just like stuff that was just thrown away. Like this looked like like it looked like you guys went through your wardrobes and was just like, okay, brand like, new and shopping. I, yo, I kind of was. I saw it was only for kids. And I was like, damn. Like, <laughs> but I thought that was dope though. But no, nah, but it's not for just kids though. Like when we have clothing drives, that's for everybody. Like, well, yeah, you know, I can't. I, I would feel like um, I would feel terrible if I showed up. <laughs> Brandon showed up and was like, oh, maybe I can get me. A was it, my three year old. He's not into it yet. So no, but like, not for nothing. He'll you know. grow into those. <laughs> You know, I, I volunteer at a, at a soup kitchen and for many, many years we give out clothes and all that stuff. And, you know, that's one of the things that I think that's a huge point of differentiation, right? Like, you know, a lot of people, when they give away the clothes, it's usually like the clothes that they don't want, you know? Right. And so oftentimes, you know, my personal experience is like people are picking through, trying to find something that's like acceptable to wear. And especially, you know, how important that is for young, mm -hmm. young kids in middle school, high school, you know, even early twenties, right? Like, right. like how you present yourself, right? Like, you know, it's not all about labels and all that stuff, but it's about how you feel, Right. Like how you yeah, feel in those clothes. Feel in those Yo, clothes, how like, you look contributes to yeah, that. Like that you know? felt like he was fresh. Like, you know yes. what I'm saying? Like I had this, this outfit on, like I'm with these girls, you know what I mean? Like, and this, that's what we want to do. Like he didn't look happy coming up. Cause he, I feel like in that kind of thing, it's like, damn, like I'm at a clothing drive. Like there's a shame. Yeah. You know yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just not the type of vibe that it is either. It's just like, we just give him back, man. Like, like you said, like it's not regular stuff. So please come out. Like it's billionaire boys club, polo, 
Supreme. I was gonna say I, when like I saw that, the Supreme like, and I saw all the Jordan stuff, I was just like, "Damn, yeah, this is like, different." Yeah. So I mean, here here's a gr- plug for you guys, shameless plug. But it's like one, if you have clothes that you are not wearing, but they're decent, right? Because you know you spend money right. on these clothes, you take care of your clothes. I know my brother; he he always giving out to the soup kitchen, and you know, like sometimes it looks Damn. like he's sad that he has to give away <laughs> his clothes. Yeah, um, I got a fiance who said, "If you ain't wear it in a year, you don't." Yeah, you gotta get rid of it. Yeah, you know, it may not be something that you're wearing right yeah, there's like, a couple periods where it was like like damn kind of like because you know you got memories like i see like you got the he got games on like you don't want to get him away you know <laughs> yeah, yeah but, so, but, but you also keep them in good condition so right, it's also yeah. like you know but like when i go to the soup kitchen it's like yo you know what you're right it's sitting in my closet so if i see you like like i'm big on jackets i i still got a my north face jacket from 97 I got the the bubble, the green one. Like, yeah, I still got it. But like, I and, and I'm like, yeah. If I see somebody who needs a jacket, they're definitely gonna get that. Like, I, I don't need it no more. I haven't wore it, you know. When I when I'm at the soup kitchen, you're talking with people. You know what I'm saying? So so you even build relationships with yeah. them. It's like, yeah. yo, you know what? I don't care. Like, yo. It, Definitely. There's a need, yeah, there's a need. And, and there's like, a need more than just in my closet. So and it yeah. fills your cup more than you even imagine, yeah. right? Like the story yeah. that you just shared, like 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 that filled your heart just right. to be like, like yo, one, like um, we did one in Poughkeepsie and um, yeah, which was dope. Over which was by, dope. Uh, the champ Serino popped up. Yeah, yeah, she popped out with with her team and stuff like that. And then there was an older older gentleman that was telling us like, yo, I ain't, where are y'all from? Talked to we told him he was from Beacon. And he was kind of like, yo, I ain't never seen nobody in Poughkeepsie do something like this. Like I'm happy you guys doing it etc etc i was a veteran and i i'm 80 something years old 60 i think he was he was between like 60 and 70 i think yeah but he was a little off but he was like you know i ain't never seen anybody do something like this ever and like hearing that is just like, major it's made it's definitely major that like as old as he is on this earth he's never seen somebody come to poughkeepsie and give out some clothes and so that was definitely motivational. Like we even got it on video. I even watch it sometimes. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it was, dude, very, it was, it was a great look, man. It was especially it was even a- connecting with the Pacific basketball team and mm-hmm. mentoring those kids and talking to those kids and showing them, like you know, like you don't have to wait until your RAs to give back. Like you can yeah. do it at an earlier rate. So in quarantine, y'all go through your closets, <laughs> yeah, set it aside, get connected with the label. I think like the other thing too, you know when you give back in such a way, like you're going to reach a different audience than, you know, you know, a food drive, some, I mean, a clothing drive somewhere else, you know what I mean? Like most clothing drives that I see are for young kids and Mm -hmm. the most clothes that I see are for females. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Like us, like what we try to do is we really try to get every kind of clothing out there, like woman, older woman, bigger woman, bigger men, like kind of so Everybody can come. We don't want yeah, it's really choice. You gave them for, options. Yeah, we don't want to yeah. be it for just kids. You know what I mean? Like it is for the kids, but also there's like in Poughkeepsie, there's a lot of men and women who are going through things where they're homeless and they don't have clothes. Like one of them came, he got three bags of clothes, and it was like, you know, should we say something? But nah, like he needs that. Like there's a reason why he's taking it. Like yeah. it's not like he's being greedy or nothing <laughs> like that. Yeah, <laughs> she, she, she's that. pointing at me You're because to my brother. yeah, yeah, man, you speaking my language, man, because I, I volunteer also at that soup kitchen and sometimes when they're like oh well they can only get one like yo if, they, if yeah. they're here and they're hungry and they want a plate yo i, I keep it. serving them i remember i got in trouble one time they're like yeah. you can't you can't keep giving them that yo you hungry he keep eating it you know and i'm saying so 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 it's hard i'm saying like i get it i'm saying and and there, there was enough for there was enough of it you yeah. know so like so, so, so i get it you know like. but uh, yeah a shout out to you guys and 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 one thing that uh, you guys like 
inspired me on is like, like how you guys are in different communities. Cause like, um, like you said, with the guy giving you the story that, uh, he never seen anyone from Poughkeepsie doing it. It's probably not that nobody from Poughkeepsie done it. I'm saying, I'm sure there's people within the community that, that have done right. things. Maybe he didn't see it, but also my generation, I ain't going to Poughkeepsie. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like there, there, there was the inter, inter town facts like friction like you know what tomorrow, I'm saying? like, 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 I, didn't, like I didn't day if, if, if when, yeah, when yeah. i was younger if I, if I show up in newburgh once i say i'm from beacon it's like yeah and now i might have to prepare for something else like, but I, I think we're, we're we're trying to get out of that yeah, that definitely. mindset and then mature level of of where, where we want to go of coming together right, like I and, and even, i like the fact that you guys are going around because yeah. i think what that's going to do is also inspire people there and be like, and be like yo i'm not trying to step on your toes right. but um and and you you you'll probably be able to network and even meet yeah, meet, meet, not, meet like, more like, people. I can even give a shout out to Newburgh and Poughkeepsie. There's like especially uh Nubian Directions to Inc. on Main Street in Poughkeepsie. I think I went over there and I talked with the executive director. Shout out to him. I think his name is Robert E. Wright. He's gonna sit down. He's gonna talk to me about how he started his program in 1995 and how he got to where he has his own building now. Like that's the direction we're trying to go into. Where like. I, we have our own after school program and we don't have to ask the city like can we run this and can we run that we have our own building where we have our own after school program own basketball courts own gyms like mm-hmm. we're trying to let kids dream again like that's really really seriously what I feel like this vision is is to really let kids dream again and feel like they can just have somewhere to go like I said like BCC was a home away from the home so that's just what we're trying to create do you guys that's have any vision. events lined up uh, um, tomorrow August 7th tomorrow no 10th, 10th August yeah, 10th yeah. we're in Newburgh for a cold and drive tomorrow collabing with I think it's the Make a Difference mm-hmm. Foundation mm-hmm. from Cornwall I think a woman named Tamara runs it is her name she's a black woman and I just shout out to all black women you guys I, I need you guys to come forward just like she did you guys are very powerful and I, you guys need to step up. Like you guys can take a major part in this turn in any city. Like, I just think that you guys just need to be confident about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that somebody needs to come up. We need people of color, the leaders that are women, like badly. I think, I think it's very important. Yeah. Definitely. And provide the space and the platform. Yes. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a different view of things. Like is they go through different things. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like they go through different things than men that isn't talked about at all. Yeah. Yeah, no. I well, I just, you know, one, I just wanted to just say that I just appreciate you coming down and like mm-hmm. talking with us. Like this has been great. I feel like we've covered a lot of topics, but of they course. were all very, very important and interdependent on each other. Brandon has a fun question for you before you get going. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So just to, you know, kind of take away for me at least. Mm-hmm. Would you what would you say your superpower was? If you had a superpower? I would say my superpower is feel like it's I would say feeling people emo- emotionally like on a empathy. emotional empathy. like empathy. Yeah, okay. like I know like when somebody certain people walk in the room, like I could tell something's bothering them or or like or connection. Like, you know, I'm able to connect with a lot of different people. Like, I don't limit myself to anything. I have a very, very open mind. Like, Mm -hmm. I can talk about anything from the LGBT community and support them to supporting men and women. Like, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I can go all over the place. Like, and I I seriously think that's my superpower. And and then the the follow-up to that is how do you envision, how do you see yourself implementing that? that ability and the work that you're that you're doing going forward well like for example like with the school board 
and the human commissions. It's like, like he said, there's going to be claims where, you know, my peers or coworkers or however you would call them, they're not going to be able to handle that. Like, cause they don't know, like, you know what I mean? They never been through those kind of things. Or a lot of people do not put themselves in that person's shoes. They automatically think like, Oh wow, this is work. And I got another thing I got to do. Like, I don't want to do this. I'm just here for the check. And I'm I'm not coming with that attitude. I don't even think this is a paid position, either of them. Like, even mm, if they were, no. you know what I mean? Like, I'm just not coming with that attitude. Like, I'm doing this for a paycheck. I'm just trying. I don't want nobody going through anything that I went through or just having any of those kind of feelings of trauma, anger, or or not feeling loved or confident. Like, those are the kind of things that took place from ages 14 to mm-hmm. now is like a lot of self-confidence issues and not feeling good about myself, like, throughout my life. So that's what I'm really, you know, that's, what it really yeah. that's what it really, really comes from is just like, I really just want to show love and show that, like, you can stay here. We don't have to leave. Like, Beacon was a predominantly, like, black city growing yeah. up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so that's just how... I wanted to be like, I wanted to go back to how it was like, because like I said, like growing up with the BCC and the MLK and everything from ages 14 and on, all of that stuff started getting taken away from me as I was growing. So like, so you had it and then lost it. Exactly. So everything, whoever was in charge of that city council, whoever stunted my growth and my generation's growth by taking Mm. all of that away. So I'm trying to now put all of those things back in place so that we could just start a new cycle with the younger generation. That's what's up. Yeah. yeah. Like it sounds like a lot of stuff, but like, no, well, yeah, I'm going to get it done. Though. I'm yeah, really, really, really confident. Man, you, you're in the right place. Yeah. Uh, you, you're putting your foot one foot in front of the other. You're making moves. I just want to say, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see the energy. I'm happy to see the younger generation stepping up. I, I, I was trying to do the same thing at one time and, and the momentum really wasn't there. And there was a lot of barriers right. for just the fact that I was young. You know, it was like, yeah, no, we want the young, but we don't really want your visions. And it was like, yeah, yeah. so so even it's me as, as a responsibility I'm putting on myself. When I see people like you, I want to make sure that that you have that platform, that when you do get involved, that, you know, the, your voice and your vision can also be part of the conversation. I didn't I'm glad we like Brooke said, I'm glad that you joined us today. I knew your parents, our parents worked together. I worked with your mom. Oh yeah, she even worked with your mom. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's really excited. My um, thought was coming on. I was excited too. Also, and I know know you had a couple brothers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like, and I coached uh, your youngest brother, Pop Warner. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really didn't know you or or. And like I said, your story inspired me when I heard you at the protest. So I just want to thank you for coming. And I want to encourage you to keep that energy and keep it going. And the group of friends that you're working with, that's a, that's a big number to be working with. And I I think, I think that's unique in itself. I mean, that to have a bond with so many people to move forward with something. Diverse, you know what I mean? Cause it's not, it's a a dominantly like a black nonprofit organization, but we do have people who are white. And, like, but I just want to say, so yeah, like, yeah, but it's, it's a predominantly young black right. males. Yeah. Yeah, and like, you know, it just screams role model. Yes. You know what I mean? Like it's just people to look up to, like, there's a lot of things we want to put back in place. Like, for example, you grew up with vegan hoops. I don't know if you did. But yeah, yeah. So y'all know how it was back then. Yeah. And yeah. How that whole entire court was packed, people sitting on top of the hill oh across God, the street. Yeah, like, man. You know, you like, used to be intimidated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, like when you got an 8 p.m. game. Yeah, like, oh, night games were the best. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're trying to bring all that stuff back, man. Like, it was just, you guys can clarify, it was the best times ever. Like, yeah. the, be- like yeah. the best memories ever that we we're always... 
I think, you know, I think it's, it's those memories that fuel a lot of the work that like, you know, we and I and Beacon are doing you guys, the label, like it's, it's kind of reminiscing on those those memories of good times that we want to yeah. keep right. going in the city. So right. we need those. Yeah, like we, we need center, to hear about. We that. center around basketball. So like, like basketball for us was like that's all we talk about. Mm-hmm. That's all we do. And it's, it's more you would think that it would be competitive or anything like that, but it's all love. Like, yeah. Just for example, we all look up for to LeBron James. Like I think he's the best player ever, the best athlete ever because like he established a school in his community with his friends that he grew up with. And when you graduate, I think with a certain grade point average, you get a scholarship to the, I think Ohio state or something like mm-hmm. that. Like I think it's Ohio state. I'm not hundred percent sure, but it's yeah. a really good school. That's not easy to get into. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and that's, I, that's the vision. Like that's really the vision just to create numerous opportunities for the youth. Yeah. And what I would say too, is like, you know, as being, I mean, I wouldn't say we're a whole generation above you, but yeah. you know, for me personally, like I get jazzed when I see people like you guys out there, because in my mind, you know, for so long, you know, for I and Beacon, we just were kind of like the lone yeah. Rangers yeah. out there, yeah. right? Yeah. We, were, we were the Avengers. From- well, that, that's, that's yeah. what I was, I was laughing about. Cause in my head, I'm just thinking I'm a big comic book nerd, but I'm thinking yeah. like we, we refer to ourselves internally as the Avengers, but now it's like, just like in the comic book, the Avengers grow like that team yeah. acquires other, you know, a care, you know what I'm saying? So right, it's just, right. I just had that done. I'm just yeah. like, yo, like we are really. But the thing that I can right. say is that, you know, my commitment to you guys is that, you know, I am beacon is always going to be a resource to you. Like I am beacon right, is yeah. going to always create the space for you guys to, to blossom, right? Like I am beacons vision has always been to inspire and empower all individuals to make a positive contribution to this community. We have always said that it's not going to be through our backs right. that and we're going to get there, but we're going to be the space to make sure that one we inspire people by the by the things that we accomplish right because it's like mm-hmm. dang they did that then i guess i could do this other thing right. but then right now what i see our role with you guys is about empowering you to say no nah, you got a voice use it right and you a know? lot of people don't do that you know what i mean like they kind oh. of be on some like oh, i know competition oh, i know we, like you know like, we, didn't, we didn't is, get we didn't get here yeah. without any bumps and bruises yeah. along yeah. the way no yeah i think i think you guys are ready for the podcasting world yeah totally yeah I'm, I'm excited for everything i was excited to come on here i watch a lot of podcasts so it was dope when I, he told me about it i was like yo definitely 100 percent. i cleared my schedule yeah and it's cool like you said like now people are going to hear the story and I'm really like interested to hear how it's going to bounce back because like after watching yours it bounced back people are talking about it Ali's bounce back a lot of yeah. people are talking about it and like yeah. it's, so just I think- be, it's just dope this is so dope you guys are doing this yeah no I mean Thank you for, you know, this content, right? So you're, thank you for sharing your story of course, of course. and, you know, just, just sharing your heart with us, you know, like, I think this is going to really help a lot of people, not only just get to know who you are. Right. But, but I think it's going to spark that flame of possibility. I was talking about earlier, spark that flame of possibility inside themselves to say, man, he went through all that and he has space in his heart to give to mm-hmm. others. Right. And he, and he's turned, he's converted that, that pain into fuel for this fire that he's about to start, you know? Right. And it's like, wow, like that alone, it, like your vulnerability and that, that alone is going to help so many people. Right. That's what, that's what I'm hoping for. I just want it to be a domino effect, like a hundred percent. Yeah. So you're definitely spot on. Like that's exactly what I want. To yeah. Do. So, so listen up Beaconites. 
stand up. Now's the time. Yeah. Vote for John Galloway when you see the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Junior. Yes, yes, Junior. Thank you. You have been listening to This is Beacon, a dynamic duo high five production in association with I Am Beacon, a nonprofit organization.